So, how do we want to start this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Okay. How about this? Because this, this would be like one of those supplementary episodes. It's mainly about the book that's outside of the smut. It's like the smut is like contained to one section. And I feel like not even half chapters. And like the rest of it, it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is just a fun supplemental episode about... Well, and I feel like it'll give a good like cleanse. Yes, exactly. Just like a nice like, you know chill moment just for us to talk about a book that is honestly fucking amazing this it was such a good book (laughs) i think i just want to start there it's such a good book and i it's one of those things where it's like i was sitting there because i've been mainly listening to it at work and it's just been having me going like oh my god are you fucking kidding me fuck and people i'm wondering just kind of like well i don't want to skip to like certain parts in the book like i kind of want to go through it like section by section i know you mm-hmm. annotate the book i can't exactly do that because i don't have a physical copy yet <laughs> dude you should get it with the next print on the what so this first edition is 100 percent sold out like oh it's gone no but when it reprints you should get it since like you know what happens you could go through and put your thoughts and stuff into it i might have to do that because like it's a big book. Even like the like audio version is like 20, 20 hours or so. But it took me at least It is 498 pages. Audio book had it at 39 chapters, which is like that's kind of like where I'm seeing a lot of books at right now. And it was funny like looking at the times for each chapter because it was literally like 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, like an average of 30 minutes. Then all of a sudden at chapter 36, an hour and six minutes, I was like, what the oh, fuck happens in chapter six? But it was done so well where it didn't feel like the chapter was significant. No, it was like one of those things where I was glad that I was able to listen to it at work because it was gave me something to not only focus on, but like have going in my back of my head that like kind of plays as a movie. It's like, I'll listen to podcasts and all that. D shows like over my headphones without looking at it and like kind of provides that same feel but something about the listening to a book version you know hearing how the narrator goes through it it's something it feels different like literally it was sending chills up my spine when like certain parts were happening like yes <sighs> no in this book i haven't felt that since um i read house on this really in c mm-hmm. but like i'd get goosebumps like tears would come to my eyes like oh my god like I was, I was trying to hold it back at work a few times. I was like, "Oh Did my you god!" Look up the maps. No, that's the thing. That's the other thing that sucks about not having a physical copy, is I didn't know that it has like maps and like other like things that are in it. It's like shit. I'll go ahead and send you a picture of them so you can like reference it if you want to. Let's see. But the fourth wing is as as described by on Rebecca Euros's page. Uh, just like it's kind of like a giant paragraph but the second part underneath it is 20 year old violet soringale was supposed to be enter the scribe quadrant living a quiet life among books in history now the commanding general also known as her tough as talon's mother has ordered violet to join the hundreds of cadets striving to become the elite of navarre right yes dragon riders that's why i was reading it but yeah that's that's basically just like a quick quick description <laughs> it's and it takes place over basically what is an academic year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of have all the seasons in there. Like it starts out in the fall, goes through the winter, starts up, goes through the spring, and then like kind of ends beginning of summer. Well, and there's disability kind of. representation. There is 
fucking lgbtq representation right i was like wow like and it's like not something like that it's like oh like they're like that it's like no it's kind of like a thing where it's like yeah everyone kind of does their own thing it's like not a huge problem well and it's not the point of the exactly and i was like i it's just it happens to be (laughs) which it honestly it made me think it's like i kind of i'm curious about those relationships now it's like can i can i know more about what the hell was sander was was up to it's like oh you get it um but some more about rhiannon (laughs) yes i wanted to know more about that whole relationship and how that started it's like ooh, you go girl it starts out with like you know her her sister and her mom kind of like in her office like kind of talking like hey before we get to that okay (laughs) There is a page that is, like, technically part of the book. The following text has been faithfully transcribed from the Novarian into the modern language by Jacenia Mealwort, curator of the Scribe Quadrant. So, okay. All events are true and names have been preserved to honor the courage of those fallen. This is the prologue, if I'm not mistaken, in the audiobook. Because it does do this in the audiobook, and I think it just describes it as the prologue. It's also one of those things where at the beginning of each one of these chapters, it's what I believe it's always Violet is supposed to be reading it. But in the audio version, it sounded like someone like another female. It sounded like sometimes like Rayon was reading it or something like that. And like in that kind of form. But I know it was always supposed to be Violet. But I think I didn't put it two and two until we met Jacinia. And then it makes me wonder. So throughout. So it's going to be a five book series. Oh, I was just about to, I was going to ask that then. It's like, how many yes. books are we supposed to get in? But, yeah, but it says for those fallen. So does that mean we are expecting to lose everyone that has so far been mentioned Ooh. in this book? See, and I think that's something that can be talked about at the end because like the ending, it makes me think it's like, what happened to the others? Where well, then, are... Like, that theory yeah. about the dad. Yeah, it's like, oh, what the... F- it. That ending, ugh, just okay. <laughs> Starting with the first, we'll say like up till like winter, because <laughs> like th- this is it's a big book. But who knows? We can also do this as a multiple parter. But it starts out with that whole thing, that whole S X script, uh, from your. You can actually see it in front of you. Okay. I don't have these things in front of me. Mm-hmm. But it has that entire X script at the beginning, and I love those X scripts because they kind of give you an idea of like what is like the background idea of like that chapter in a way that makes sense yeah and each one it's a quote from a book within this universe Mm -hmm. which is nice it's not like a real quote exactly and i love that it's like kind of like the end like whenever you die in call of duty and they have the presidential quote up there (laughs) this is the very first quote chapter one a dragon without its writer is a tragedy a writer without their dragon is dead so good and it kind of it's it's the entire idea of the entire book it's like it's consistently brought up it's like you can't it can't happen it's like uh we'll get there oh god after all that we start out in the chapter with um violet i'm going to forget her sister's name damn ah shit yeah (laughs) Yeah. basically it's the women of the soringale family discussing violet's now changed entry into the dragon writers guild basically or quadrant so, because, like, she's been training as a scribe since, like, what, her dad died, yeah? Technically, but I would say t- her whole life because she connected yeah. with her dad about books. Mm-hmm. Who well, he was a scribe, correct? Or, I believe so, yes. Yes. 
And so, and her mom is the commanding general of like the army, and she's a very powerful woman. Like the only only way I could picture in her my her in my head was literally a big, big burly woman, like with ripped muscles. I was like, that's someone that can crush a watermelon with their thighs. That's funny. <laughs> I did not envision her that way. <laughs> oh well, here's the thing, and it was the consistent thing of like trying to put a like what this looks like in my head, and it was consistently coming out as an anime. <laughs> This played as an anime I in my head. That. <laughs> and like I'll I'll say it at the end and I'll kind of just bring it up here. It's like when it comes to if they ever end up doing an adaptation which I have a weird feeling that if this series does con- completely well they end up yeah. well. I would love to I see an an I would hope they do like an animation version of this because I think it would look so much better in like some kind of animation form. I don't know. It's like Cuz I feel like I no think it would go well either way. Yeah, true. I think it would be just fun to watch, and I'd be curious about who picks it up and, like, who makes it. I could see it getting turned into comics. Yeah, that would be fun, too. That'd be fun, a graphics novel. But, like, going mm-hmm. on from all that, uh, we then find the sisters going up to the main parapet to basically the start the entirety of, like, the school year. You have to cross a... What is... In my head, like only on, like a foot and eight, about eighteen inches long, and like a hundred feet across, and it's over this ravine that basically, if you fall off, you're dead. <laughs> and like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, it's just okay for this to happen. It's like everyone does it. Some kids are excited to do it. Other kids are like, you know, this kind of freaks me out. There's that jackass. It goes out with a fucking bang. Yeah. It, the first chapter, one of the friends she meets in line falls. Exactly. I was like, damn, that's upsetting. <laughs> Just to... like, and then not even, I think it's the next chapter when she makes it to the end, someone tries killing her as she's stepping off it, onto yeah. the school ground. It's the introduction of Rayon, who is her best friend throughout the entire books, and her main antagonist, who is Jack Harlow. Jackass. <laughs> But we kind of meet their characters. Jack throws a kid off the bridge and then starts basically from the get go, like is out for Violet's head. And it's like, it's one of those things where this kid was born insane. But also at the parapet, we also meet Zayden, you know his last name. Yes, we meet the other, basically was our character in throughout the books or throughout the book. It's supposed to be like her family enemy. Exactly. His dad killed her brother, but her mom ordered the k- kill of her dad, and it's just deep. And with her dad, event. with his dad, his dad is the the leader of a rebellion of people that basically ri- tries to rise up against the government. And it was basically a classic rebellious story, which I love to hear about and to know that like you learn later on in the story like of why they're all there and. Xander is like probably like one of the more important people of that group, basically now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we've come to find out. We're just saying now that he's actually the leader. Mm, exactly. The unspoken of leader of the children of the rebellion. And we'll learn against his will, but against his will, unfortunately. And but yeah, we learned we meet him dark and brooding as fuck. You know, kind of like giving off the mm-hmm. presence that he he's not enjoying Violet. Like he. He's like, oh, Soringale, and starts calling... I think it's at that point that he starts calling her violence, or, like, it's later on in the book that he starts calling it's her later. violence. 
Yeah, and he's basically drawn up to be like this guy that's like uh. might kill like her at any point and just like despises her. And then we also meet later on in that uh. same chapter, Dane. Dane, last name insert here, who is kind of like supposed to be like the longtime best friend. Yeah, best Violet's best friend, the family friend that they've kind of grown up together. They all know, always known each other, and air quotes love interest for Violet. Um, and first comes off like I completely understand the guy. It's like yeah, he's totally cool. I understand it. But as like, we go, totally like him. Like yeah, but as we go on, you'll notice it's like oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it just kind of it just goes down from there. Also, I'm realizing this book came out October 17th, two days before my birthday. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Well, it's like even in the beginning, in the first chapter, I have something marked. Of, it's like there's sexual tension. There's there's a strong sexual tension in general. Between Violet and mm-hmm. Dane, which completely shifts, which I like that we actually see that. Oh, it feels nice to see. And like, I love that it's, it's in her head, like her, like... Not only like her narrating the story because it's told from her perspective completely, and it's doesn't include not only include her narrating the story, but it also includes her like general inside thoughts of like what's going on about a situation. Her thinking to herself, it's like, what if I did this or what if I did that, and it's just so interesting. I love to know that dynamic to a character is like we uh-huh. get to deep dive into what their psyche is thinking, and you learn like well, Violet's with her disability. Exactly, like, we really need to have that. So. That's something that I also was trying to think about, figure out after at the end. It's like, what was her technical? Because she has like what some kind Tyler's of Tyler's Danners. Yeah, because what she doesn't she doesn't so have a long it's... strong muscles in general. If I'm not yeah, mistaken. yeah, so it's weak joints, muscles. Sometimes it can cause just overall weakness, fatigue, mm-hmm. like heart problems, and like it's something that... quote unquote frail. Yeah, and it's something that she battles with throughout the entire books, and like. She does get stronger in the end, but, like, she still also is, like, you know, fighting those small things. It's like, shit, you know, I have to, like, wrap up my joints and all that because if not, you know, I could break. But later on, like, it, she luckily is able to solve all that. But going into mm-hmm. that parapet scene, pet, like, we're at the beginning of the entire chapter. Uh, her sister gives her a pair of rubber boots because she notices that, oh, Violet's wearing, like, ones that will slip. It's one of those things where the siblings are consistently there kind of, like, to help out Violet, even though they're not there, um, whether when you're it, allowed no family contact, exactly. She also gives her a um, oh what a corset that's made up of dragon scales, which are from saves her dragon. Fucking life saves her life multiple times. Like also, it's only imagining. I always love imagining what that corset looks like because it's just like layered, like magic sequence, and it's just shiny as hell. But it's also like really fucking tough. <laughs> I was thinking like almost like oil slicky looking. Yes, and the like fact that, that it's like iridescence, and the fact that like they were like, oh yeah, her dragon's blue. It's like oh, so it's like that. It's like that blue that looks black at certain angles. It's like ooh, I like mm-hmm. this. But she gives her that. She gives her rubber boots, which. One of the rubber boots she gives to Rayon at the top of the stairs because she notices that Rayon's not wearing like proper boots. As Rhiannon, they were reading as Rayon, but that could also be me not remember exactly how they're reading it because bad uh, memory. Yeah. And it's like one of those things. Like okay. now, I have to possibly go back and like listen to some parts and start clipping things because Audible gives me the option to clip certain sections and all that, which I might start doing Ooh. just so I can have those and like present those. 
they switch boots and all that and they also meet they meet a boy on the top of the stairs that's like excited to go he says that he's carrying around a necklace that has a ring on it uh and they, he says like oh you know I've been like me and my girlfriend said we were going to get married as soon as we graduate, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the, he said that, I'm like, damn, this dude's not going to make it across that bridge. <laughs> That's something that I feel like wasn't I was waiting for it to pay off somewhere where it's like, oh, this is like his that was his girl or something like that. So I'm waiting for that to possibly happen. in The second book is where we learn, meet her. I'm trying to figure out who that was. I don't know. There were so many, so many names. It was like I forget the name. David? Davy? Something like that. It was like a common he name. May have died already. It's like Dylan's a... the one that died right away. Yeah, it might be Dylan. It's Dylan. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was. It was Dylan. It was he Dylan. Was, he slips off. He slips off, and dies, and that's like, it's, and it's like one of those things where it occurs to like not only the reader but like Violet. It's like, oh, this is fucking. This is this is real. Like, every, this is how it's gonna go. This is how it's going to go. Like from the get go, you don't pass this test. You're dead. There's no. The way they do like burials is like, hey, they just they'll either send out your stuff and to be to your family, which they burn, or they can just burn it at the college if your parents don't come and get it. It's like that's well, and that's why <laughs> with her brother they had nothing of it. Exactly, nothing that belonged to her brother until until the end, which we'll get to. Um, no, no, yeah, <laughs> gives Violet the book, right. The yes. journal that Brennan wrote for Mira. Because Which... that was the first time I cried. Oh, <laughs> I I love that part because goes, it's like all past the knot in my throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Rihanna goes, "What is it?" And she goes, "It's my brother's, the book of Brennan." And there are points throughout where they do those beginning excerpts where some of them are from her bre- her brother's book, and like in those mm-hmm. moments, I'll sometimes like they'll. The narrator is female, but in my head, it's being read as a male figure, kind of like to down, like to Mira, who the book was originally written for. But Mira was like, it's helped me get through the college. It's going to help you get through this. So here's Well, yeah, this. because in the very beginning of it, he writes, uh, keep it safe. Keep it hidden. You have to live because Violet is watching. Mm-hmm. You can't let her see you fail. So even when he was writing this, he knew... Yeah. At some point, Violet would have to do this for Violet. Yeah, and there's a there's a weird thing where like I feel like it's a background idea of like family is kind of like it's always there even when it's not because <laughs> throughout I feel like Violet's always it's I'd not say chosen family chosen family yeah because throughout like there is a small fi- family dynamic that happens between the five friends. Which I won't include, like the Navar the uh, Navarian kids that Zayden brings in, but it's like those main five people of Rayon, Sander, Rayton, Raycon, Raycon, Raycan. <laughs> There's two R's, and it's like I hate that they do those so similarly in my head. But and then there's like a Riddick. fourth Riddick, and um, then so there's it's like really Rayon, Riddick, and Violet, and then yeah. there's Zayden and Jack, Dane. Sander. I would say that's basically the... Those are your main people. <laughs> at least in the first half. And then we get, like, Liam and... um, What's her face that helps? Imogen. Imogen. You get, that's all later yeah. on. But even then, like, Imogen's, like, one of those characters that, like, kind of pops in. And it's, like, kind of just to be 
a friction but also helps out violet a little bit as well with her muscles training and all that and like it's funny because they bring up imogen and there's a show that i watch where one of the other characters name is imogen and so now it's just like oh that's that's what they look like in my head and so it's like this and it's kind of like what they describe so it's like okay this works but you learn you meet them well you don't meet them but after the parapet where Jack basically tries to chase down Violet. Violet is able to make it across the bridge. Jack, like, a few feet behind her. And there's a tense moment where it's Jack Harlow and Violet basically as standoff. Violet ready to fucking kill Jack. And I was, like, ready for it to happen. It's a like, dagger fucking, at his fucking ball. I was so ready for it to happen. It's like, fucking do it, Violet. <laughs> do it. <laughs> but then, like, a thing of, like, the Accords are brought up like the different rules that are set at the school mm-hmm. and it's a thing that is also brought up consistently where they talk about the rules that are set at the school like how you can oh my god i'm drinking a soda how Me too. different rules like apply at different situations and it becomes a thing where it kind of like it's kind of there to for dane i feel like so that it's like one of those things like he's always the rule follower is what you'll to slowly like learn a fault. to a fault like his dad's also part of like the entire government so it's like he's always been raised with these rules and he's very much in my head was the the air quotes knight in shining armor kind of guy where it's like he's supposed yes. to have that beautiful wavy hair beautiful like face and all that but like inside it's like he's always like that mira mira was like you need to find dane he will protect you mm-hmm like that was supposed to, that was like his given role from the very beginning was this protector, this rule follower. Mm. Yeah, and we meet Dane as a he's a wing leader, correct? Mm-hmm. And he basically was a second command to the actual guy that's at the top. Because like I I need to actually have a chart of what that structure looks like because it does break down in different ways and. There's different parts of the wing that you can be, like, in command of. And I forget the squad breakdowns, but basically he's one of the leaders of the group that is Violet's now a part of. Well, and that's when, uh, basically, they just kind of, woohoo, they go through, these are the people who died. And then, Mm -hmm. given their squads, and then that's when Violet finds the book that Tamira left for her from Brennan. That's a that's a thing too is the death roll that's read every morning, which also adds another thing of like, oh my god, this it's something to like press into the kids is like, hey, this world is brutal and this is how many people are dying. And it's like it is kind of one of those things where it's like these they're just reading off names. Like they're not saying like, you know No, at the end they what say let Malik like guide their soul or something like that, or take their soul soul. Mm-hmm. There's a whole pantheon that i now need to look up because i want to know this pantheon and how that fucking works because they're brought up a few times throughout the book malik is one of the main ones who's like the god of death there's a luck god that violet prays to every once in a while but it also seems like one of those things where it's like there's not a huge religious thing that's happening either because it's not like they have to go to a church or something like that it's like Mm -hmm. just one of those things where the gods are there um and it's also a thing of magic and all that so well then so after parapet everyone gets situated starts classes they start doing 
challenges where they have to fight each other basically is just to hone your skills mm-hmm. to help you later on with the dragons or whatever. And Violet's weaker, she nearly gets her arm ripped off, you know, kids are dying, but she learns she is she knows she is smart. She is she's fast. really smart. So she poison she learns that she can poison her opponents. Not kill them. She doesn't kill. No, and but that how to poison them to like handicap them so that she can beat them. Yes. Which works flawlessly until Zayden catches on. That that entire section where it's like Violet <laughs> like solely overthinking her opponents was so fun to like hear of like, oh yeah, she did this and this. So it's like, oh yeah, because this person had this. And it's like she literally started organizing everyone's schedules and like what everyone well, and eats she took a job she took a job at, yeah she took a job as like one of the people that work in the kitchen that serves food that like she she knew that she would have to be working with the stuff every day and like it's one of those well, things and, and then her brother's book themes yes that are just happenings that happen this is all within the first fucking hundred pages mm-hmm. that ends up happening in the last hundred pages as well. True. Like with skills or thoughts, like it all like repeats itself, mm-hmm. but in a way that all the characters have grown. Exactly. And was it in throughout this entire section, there's a moment where she's out to go pick different, a, a specific kind berries. of like plant and yeah, berries for a certain kind of tonic. And while she's up in the tree, uh, Xander is joined by a group of um, different Navarian rebel kids who are like, they're not exactly the, they weren't involved, but their parents were heavily involved. They were like, you know, some kind of captain or something like that. And in this world, as a, basically to allow, let them live, they basically have to go to the college. It's later revealed that Xander made a deal that he's basically now, you know, head honcho and he has to anytime they fuck up, he's basically now the main person that's responsible for that fuck up as well as that person gets taken down. And if one of those children the youngest is six. The youngest so is six. And any Xander's, one of those children yeah, and Xander, chooses not mm-hmm. to go through this, go through the trials of the school, he dies. Exactly. And so do all the children. And as it's just a single child. And with Xander, Xander's the oldest at 23, so you figure that's your kind of range. And I think Liam is... 107 children. 107. And for when they listed off that number, I was thinking, it's like, oh, that's the number of people that have probably died at this point. It's like, no, it's like, no, that's the number of kids. It's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And then it's like mentioned, like, Liam's sister is like nine or something like that, and she's like coming into the college probably next year or something like that. Uh, we'll talk about him later. <laughs> we'll talk about him later. That was a, but yeah, they, it's basically a meeting uh, between all these, the more head older kids that were part of that, including Xander, his cousin, Imogen, and then, uh, Riddy, Greddy, Giddy, Getty, Garrett, Garrett, who is another person that I just pictured as like a larger guy in my head, but it's basically mm-hmm. a meeting between four of them. And then, two first years that are just kind of non unnamed and they're just talking about what was it they were just talking about what to do about violet in general if i'm 
steak in. It was it was really ambiguous, even on our end. Um, it was like, okay, what are we gonna do about Violet? And then they were talking about how how are they supposed to do the runs? I think was the wording. I can't find mm-hmm. it right now, but it was really ambiguous. So we had no fucking clue. But we find out later exactly what they were talking about. But and then it's just. But with that scene, it's one of those tense moments where it's like I was. I was like kind of sitting there thinking, it's like, I really hope that Violet doesn't like break a tree branch or anything like that. Because it's revealed that Xander has the power to control shadows, which I thought was fucking dope as hell. And that's like, it's so fucking sick to think. It's like, of course, the dark and brooding guy controls it like. It makes sense. Why it makes so much sense. I like that character too. <laughs> it's like, it makes so much sense. Like, oh, God damn it. And it's like also one of those things where the way that Xander's described, he's broad. So I'm like, oh, the dude's like Latin based. It's like, I get that. That's cool. He's he's yeah. Latin in my head. So it's like, it's one of the, it's cool thing to me. Um, But yeah, we meet all of those guys. And then as, like, they go away, Violet sits in the tree for, like, another 30, 45 minutes, climbs down, and is about to go away when Xander appears and is basically has, like, a standoff in a way. Violet throws a few knives, and it's then it's at that moment it's revealed that he can control shadows because he takes the, like, he daggers out. Yeah, he knew that he was there. She throws the daggers. They embed in the tree. His shadows basically take him out of the tree, land him in his hands, and he walks up. I was like, that is the best fucking intimidation I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> and he does it, like, all, mm-hmm. like, basically with a calm demeanor. It's like, that's fucking scary. <laughs> and that's just his whole character. Because even when he finds out that she's poisoning her opponents, he decides he wants to fight her on the mats or whatever. And But he's doing it as a way to teach her. But even then, like... He, like, keeps taking her fucking knives and just throwing her around and, like, actually being relatively aggressive, but he's not showing emotion where she's over here, like, shit, 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 I'm not attracted to toxic men. Yeah. (laughs) And Uh, he's like, get your daggers. And she's like, excuse me? Like, he's like, get your daggers. Like, he really is, like, just wants her to learn, but he also can't fucking stand her at this point. It is, and it is one of those things where, like, I was sitting there listening to it. It's like, and I was trying to figure out, it's like, is he actually trying to kill her? And there was a moment, especially when, like, he's teaching her where to stab at, like, underneath someone's armor, that I was like, I think it's one of those things, it's like, he doesn't want to kill her right now, unless it's completely necessary. But there was no... But he also said, I owe you. Yeah. Because she didn't say anything about their little meeting. So at that point, I was like, oh, he didn't want to kill her because that's him paying mm. her back exactly that but, too but and this was all training for the gauntlet yes which is basically a very intense obstacle course kind of in this honestly in my head i was thinking of it as ninja warrior because it had a few of those staples but the only difference yeah. is if you fall you fall to your death because it's on war like, college <laughs> war steep college. side of a mm-hmm. mountain is how i envisioned it and this at this point you have quite a few characters still of like the first years that Violet kind of comes to know one of which is Orly who is kind of like in my head like she was like kind of that girl that grew up on the country but her dad was training her for a long time and in the obstacle course scene they're going through it that first time and Orly was the person that I was thinking it's like oh she's going to be the one to make it but there's a section where she's so excited she 
Oh, she, she was so excited. For this. Yeah, her like, dad was training her on one that was at home and all that. And I was like thinking it's like, oh, she'd be the one to like actually like make it to the top first. But they send Sander off. Sander gets to the top and Sander's one of those other characters that you meet who kind of like is just a side character that you just kind of hear about once in a while but is part of that group in a way. Um he gets to the top, then I think it's Rayon and then a few other people that are in the mix, but Violet goes up and then it's Orly. Violet makes it across a certain section. So does Orly, but there's a moment where Orly loses Here, her. Hold on. Orly cries out and my head snaps towards hers, just in time to see her wobble and slip on the fifth post. The air freezes in my lungs as she careens forward, her belly hitting next to the last spinning log as if in slow motion. Our eyes meet, shock and terror filling her wide black eyes as the post rolls her away from me and she falls halfway down the cliff and that was a moment i was like oh well she'll be fine because like violet describes the cliff as what 45 feet up and they're at that point they're like jumps the sun burns my eyes as we in standing information and then it goes down and they're naming everyone that dies orally dannon's a single tear escapes me i bat it away ripping one of the scabs along my cheek a trickle of blood fl- follows as the next name is called, but I let that one stain me. It's it's such a chilling moment because I think it's, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? She died? Like, ah, it wasn't that fall of a drop, was it? Like, she fell like, what, they said 15 feet or so? She, like, fell halfway down the mountain. I f- figured it was 45. I think it's quite a bit. But it sucks because right before then, she's, like, helping her. She's like, go yeah, it. Here it was, I come. Oh and then that happens. And then that happens. Because then, a dragon flew by. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because dragons fly by and it rumbles the entire mountain. And then, and just, like, that whole snap to it happens and then they're reading the death roll. I was like, no. Are you fucking kidding me? And it, it kind of yeah. sucked to have that death because that's Violet's first, like, real death that kind of hits her where it's like i and it's shown in the scenes that are after that because she's the one that takes her orly stuff up to the responsibility yeah she's the one that takes responsibility for orly stuff takes it up to one of the main pyres and burns it like they do everything else and this is her second meeting with zender late at night after what looks like he's come back from a ride with um his cousin bodie and then um Garrett and they look they kind of walk off but you probably have a better chance of like seeing what's in this section um but it's another Mm -hmm. one of those intense standoffs where Violet kind of like questions like why why haven't you fucking killed me yet like just fucking do it if you're gonna do it yeah she goes well could you definitely help me make my plans for the week Mm. if it when she was asking if he would kill her yet but it's just I don't know throughout the book I marked vulnerability mm-hmm. so i marked it in the very beginning i want to say like the third page because i feel like it's going to be a common theme and the death of her having someone rooting for her seeing that person die and then having to go on and being congratulated for how far she made it during this first try it really shaped the way she became vulnerable yeah because then she chose people to actually open up to after this point and i think that when it says i let that one stain me I think that was telling us, like, the old Violet was completely gone. Like, that was the moment. That was the moment that changed her. And it's kind of at that moment that I think, what, the next the next big thing is them 
getting up that mountain, making the best. It's them actually. <clears throat> yeah, it would be um, them actually doing the gauntlet and the first round. Violet kind of compete, uh, do some of the tasks because she was too short. And Xander or Xander Zayden was like, figure it out. That's all he said during mm-hmm. that interaction past curfew in the hallway, something along those lines. He it basically along the lines of like, if you can't do it the right way, do it a different way, which she does mm-hmm. with basically what is a warped wall that goes up 90 degrees where she uses her daggers to basically climb up and it. the rope. And the rope, uh-huh. which then brings into a, another person by the name of Amber, who's another person in like her wing command who basically tries to call her out like, Oh, like you can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. But then there's like another piece of like the, the cords that are brought up where it's like Violet explains, it's like, it's something that was on my body when I started it. So it's technically a part of yeah. the course. And basically she logics her way out of it, she which quoted, I love. Yeah. Which she I think quoted the codex. Like, and thou shalt not be separated from those items, no matter what they may be. For once carried across the parapet, they are considered part of the person. Article 3, Section 6, Amendum B. And Amber goes, the, those blue eyes flare. The addendum wasn't written to make thievery, was written to make thievery an executional offense. Uh, it goes, correct. Um, it's... She's like, I carried the blade across, therefore it is of myself. But she's not lying. She and did. It, she had all these blades on her, like, as she went across. Mm-hmm. I think she had two at the time. Yeah. And Zayden was like, well, correct. And this is when that hatred from Amber, she started to really hate Violet. But I think that's because she wanted the attention that Dane was giving her. Oh, yeah. I, I felt as though there was something that happened between those two that was like. Because, well, yeah, mm. it says, um. <laughs> A little bit before that, it's Amber Mavis, a strawberry blonde wing leader from Third Wing, who was Dane's close friend last mm-hmm. year. It's like, and uh... There's nothing but fury on her face. Mm-hmm. And after... Because this this leads up to a kind of a confrontation between Violet and a few other kids after a certain way point. Later. Way later. But before all that, um, is the them getting through the gauntlet and them going and doing the walk with through like that entire clearing with ha- that has all the dragons, which the yeah, dragon the dragons dra- that are <sighs> they're so scary. Well, okay, so here's the thing: in my head, these dragons were like as big as like you know good office buildings, but like there's been illustrations that I've been finding that's like they've they're not as big as big as I think they are. Like, how big is the average size dragon as far as height-wise? I think, like, if it's sitting, or you know, and it stands, um, from how I pictured it, is I'd say they were maybe 15 feet. Okay. 12, 15. um, Because when they're walking through, um, they see a feather tail, which is basically freshly hatched baby dragon, which is a miniature one. Yeah. Um, And then there's... Only one that we know of that um, belongs to the head honcho commander. And I I think they said he was 26 feet, 20 feet, 4 20, feet, something like that. So he's yeah. big, big. And like, they're, they're quadrupedal dragons. They're not wyverns, which are another thing that happens later. But um, they're basically different dragons of different colors as well as different tail styles, which is basically how they're categorized. 
and they go through this clearing that has different dragons along different parts. Um, they're told at the beginning, keep a seven foot space in between you two, you guys, because if you guys group up, the dragons see it as like kind of a fence and they'll burn you. Because it's made out that the dragons are highly intelligent. They're not just some animals. They choose they, the riders. They choose the riders. They're like, they're basically a part of this entire process. If they don't like you, they just fucking straight up kill you, which happens twice during this rock walk where it burns up like kind of like the more indecisive kid who can't figure out what he's doing as well as the bitch in the back who i'm glad she's mm-hmm. dead um honestly both of them because they were just fucking assholes well the bitch at the front the back definitely deserved it the kid at the front i was waiting for him to like get a dragon that like would just like start staring at him and he, him i felt so bad for him like it's like it's one of those things where it's not technically his fault because he was he didn't know what to do and he's just he still is kind of like learning all this it didn't sound like he wanted to do any of this honestly i don't know why he wouldn't want to become a dragon rider dude go be a scribe um but yes so as they're almost to the end um yes two green dragons land in between violet and rianne and, and they just stop yes and their like nose is on the top of violet's head and in her head she goes oh fuck Lower your eyes in supplication and wait for their approval. And it turns out they stopped because they could smell her sister's dragon from the dragon scale vest. And they're the same breed. Mm -hmm. Because we learned that um, Mira's dragon, Tiny, is basically... She shed her scales and that's how Mira put together her armor. And these dragons are basically just smelling that same scent from her. And it's one of those things where Violet basically like starts to show them and like do it very slowly. And like Mm -hmm. the dragons kind of like give a, they, I have a feeling that they were talking to themselves in their heads and like, just kind of like going back and forth thinking it's like, then they leave them alone. And it's a very Mm -hmm. intense moment. It had me going like, Oh, I really hope that they don't just fucking kill off Rayon at this point. Cause I was worried that Rayon was going to about to get, about to get it. I was like, Oh shit. But that moment happens. Even people that weren't in between them. Yeah. Um, Riddick, he goes, I think I just shat myself. <laughs> Luca goes, I thought they were going to eat you. And he goes, me too. <laughs> and it's like one of those sighs of relief. It's like, oh. Well, on that same walk, is it that. It really showed that the. What's up? And said it really showed, though, that the dragons have, like, they can read they... good people. They can. And they will respect a person for their actions and all of that. I, I love the dragons in this book. They they were probably my favorite part. That's as well as other things. But um yeah, this is this I don't want to be one of those people but this book made me want a dragon tattoo. Honestly. Um we'll get one. Um but this is on the same walk that they discovered the feather tail gold dragon. Which they, mm-hmm. they're trying to like figure out in their head it's like well it could just be like you know this this and this kid or this this happened this. Up, like yeah and i think but that's they where can't, it um yeah continue. well no actually the metal the feather tail was seen before the incident with the green ones mm. but they don't think that one can bond and so they're like why the fuck is it here because there's there's research like, on all these different types of dragons i think in the gold dragon like violet mentions like oh they're like 
they're less likely to bond or something like that because they're younger, like they're just more stubborn. Or I forget what exactly. Yeah, because it's it only is. a few feet taller than she is, so that means it's probably like eight feet. Mm -hmm. And that's like all we get from it yeah. is the coloring, the size. Like we know nothing else. And it was funny at that and moment. I even marked. I was like, I bet that's gonna be her dragon. I had that same thought. I was like, oh, that's gonna be her dragon. Like that's that it's the one that's like the most oddest out of all the bunch, and it seems like it's the one that like matches her the best. And it's like, okay, that works. It's like cool. Foreshadowing, thanks book. We know now. But well, going the on foreshadowing is done in such a way that it doesn't feel necessarily like foreshadowing. Yes. Cause at that moment I was like thinking it's like, okay, it it's more than likely that one, but I would be surprised if anything else happens. Um, mm -hmm. What you probably, once again, you probably have the best connection to this. Also, we're at 50 minutes now. Um, after that happens, what, <laughs> what happens after that? You have a better context. What happens next? Well, we are about a third of the way through. So do we just want to turn this into a three part and we, we can, can turn this into a three parter. Okay, cool. This was part one of three when it comes talking to the about the fourth wing but we'll be back for another episode soon we're still trying to figure out everything but this is a supplemental episode um well i want to well, call them I, the, like I want to call these vanilla episodes because i think that'd be just funny <laughs> i think that'd be good and we could even disclose like beforehand like yeah this is like a light like just a sexy book you know just a cutesy sexy book or it could be like it has just a couple sex scenes like mm-hmm because this, you know, this, just... this is a book that has like one or two, and that's it. And it's like one of those things where it's like more a part of the story of why it happens. Yeah, and it's like part of the story of why it happens is like more, more. I feel like it's more of a reason why it's part of the story is because it just makes sense for what happens. But yeah, that's this is part one, chapters one through. Probably this is probably like one through ten. It's one through twelve. <laughs> one through twelve. Twelve. 12, 12, mm -hmm. 12. yeah we'll figure out an outro for these we'll figure it out but yeah bye we'll figure that out we can always you can always edit it in later yeah that is true we can always record something later but yeah bye